The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Shiny. So, because my roommate and I are throwing a New Year's Eve party. For about, party is a strong word, uh, but maybe seven people will be there. I'll be lucky to have seven people there, including myself and my roommate. And um, she texted me yesterday, not only has she ordered everything, all of the food for the party and all of the drinks for the party, including 20 <laughs> bottles of Prosecco, two zero uh, for six or seven people. Um, but she texted me just now while I was inside and she, I love her so much. She's so sweet. She said, Ella, I bought this dress for you in case you want to wear it on New Year's Eve. I thought you would like it because it's black, but it's still sparkly. <laughs> and it's like I'm going to 10th grade homecoming. It's like I love her to death. It's awful. How do I tell her? We don't know. I certainly won't be wearing it. You can just say, hey, have you listened to the latest episode of my podcast? <laughs> If our listeners noticed the phrase, when I was inside, that's because we are now outside of the house, inside my detached office, but we'll get that into that later. Should, should we start the show? Yeah. Welcome to Generations Geek, a more or less family-friendly celebration of all that is geeky. I'm science fiction writer and editor Scott Pearson, and along with my daughter Ella, hello, we are two generations of geek. This is episode 65, our first and last show of 2022. We'll catch you up on geeky convention adventures and other stuff that kept us busy. Now, on with the show. Man, we've just been remiss in recording the show. We started busy. off our sixth series, uh, Strong, uh, back in early 2021, and you know, and we put out a few episodes with our last episode being in December 2021, and then 2022, it, it just got away from us. We had things going on. <laughs> yeah, and we just didn't get around Understatement to uh, of the century. to making the show. So we just decided that we really needed to try to get one in under the wire here. Uh, it's still technically our sixth season because. We just call, uh, whenever we have 12 episodes, mm -hmm. that's a season, even if it takes us three years to get out those 12 episodes. Um, but yeah, let's start talking some cons, because you got to go to the big Star Trek Chicago. Yeah. I did not go. I decided mm -hmm. not to go, for which I will always, I will always <laughs> regret it uh, horrifically, especially since now Star Trek Seattle, which I vowed to go to after Chicago, and, and then it got canceled. But uh, so this... This was um, this was a big con for you. It was huge. Um, it was crazy. I was there, and I was essentially there, like, to work. I, I didn't go. I was initially going to go, like, for fun, and then it was all, all going to be nice that my um, my boss, uh, the big bad boss, Frege, uh, was going to be there with Star Trek Unlimited, which I feel like... I feel like we've mentioned before. I don't know. Since we've been off the air for so long, <laughs> I can't remember if our listeners know that you do the uh, social media for Star Trek. And yeah. So I work um, with John Fraser. I feel like people people probably maybe know. 
Um, Anyone who listens to our show, I'm sure, knows yeah. Fringe. Um, and <laughs> I sort of, as I have the time, I freelance um, working on the Star Trek Unlimited social media because Fridge, you know, you know, emailed me and was like, do you want to, uh, like, just talk about Star Trek with people online? And I was like, uh, yeah, for work, yes. Um, so I ended up going to the Chicago convention, um, uh, with intent to do a lot of social media stuff for Star Trek Unlimited. And then our booth was so busy. I was like at the booth all weekend, which was amazing. Um, there was, we had a whole thing with, um, somebody, um, well, the, the guy who was hosting, um, the Lower Decks panel, he's a comedian. He's, his name is, uh, Morgan J. He's really cool and nice, um, he gave me lots of like career pep talks while I was in Chicago. He's he's super cool. And he's the one who's a bit sus. Yeah, he has a bit. Yeah, he has a bit. Where he says he has very uh, you know non family friendly bits. Look him up online. Yeah, Morgan J. Um, he came to the booth and he was like, "I'm hosting the Lower Decks like panel. I really want to give Jack Quaid um, one of your Tom Paris plates uh, during the panel." And I said hold on one second. Um, uh, cause we're the, we're the people who do the Tom Paris plates. Um, and so we gave him one and he gave it to Jack on stage. It was very funny. And then I, I heard that they sort of raffled it off into the audience afterwards, which was also awesome. Um, and so we sold out of the plates like that day, I think almost every day. Uh, but there was like a warehouse close enough to Chicago that somebody had to drive to get more of the plates to bring back. Um, that was super cool. And um, you and you gifted me one of the plates. I did bring you a plate. Which was I secured fabulous. one. I secured one. Um, it's good to have connections. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just amazing. I met like so many like just amazing people, and everybody was so nice. It was just really like I think people were really excited to be back, and there were people there that I've known like my whole life but usually see maybe once a year uh if i'm with my dad like dayton ward and kevin dillmore and it was so fun to see them especially now i'm you know i actually just turned 25 so i'm like an adult it's fun to like <laughs> talk to these people who maybe maybe and i wouldn't blame them maybe still think of they're like oh yeah the kid you know yeah. which is great i the, love the 12 year old or the 12 year old yeah when you first met them um but it was fun to sort of be in that arena and just like meet tons of people like well, and you got to chat with, uh, like, Jack Quaid. Didn't you, didn't you meet him? Yeah, and... I met Jack Quaid. Well, it was sort of thanks to uh, to Morgan Jay, who I mentioned before, because we were at sort of like a party. And um, because Morgan, I'd been talking to Morgan Jay about um, just, like, everything he sort of, and he was, you know, buddies with Jack from doing the panel with him, so he sort of waved us over. And, you know, it was like, these are the guys that, you know, do the plate. So we had like a little cheers and Jack was like, did you sell out? And me and Fridge were like, oh yeah, we sold out. And he said, that's <laughs> called teamwork. And then we cheers, which is super sweet. He was so nice. Um, He's been great online. Well, he and a, a lot of the um, actors in some, of the, in some of the new stuff have just so embraced the fandom in such yeah. a fun way. Yeah, really cool. Met... Um, Jesse Gender, she's amazing. Um, met, uh, was in the middle, because everyone had their masks on, was in the middle of shaking Mike McMahon's hand when, and I don't even know if someone introduced me or if he said, I think he might have said, I'm Mike McMahon. But it was like, 
he was talking to Frage, and I already was, like, doing the, oh, hi, like, nice to meet you thing. Mm. Um, and it happened, like, to, and looking back on it now, I feel like I can tell that Frage was, like, oh, it's happening, and I didn't say anything, but it was, like, I was already mid-handshake with Mike McMahon, and he went, I'm Mike McMahon. <laughs> and so I had no, like... I did not keep it very cool. I think I kept it pretty cool, but I know that my eyebrows like shot into the ceiling <laughs> and I looked at Frege. Um, but he was so, so nice. Um, and yeah, I met some of, you know, some of the writers on Lower Decks. Amy Imhoff was there, obviously. I got to hang out with her a lot and have dinner and with her and meet like a bunch of her friends. Uh, they're also, it's just like, I met like, and I, there's no way that I'm going to remember everyone's name or, like, remember everyone right now. But it's, like, I yeah. met so many cool people and I felt like I made so many friends. And it was just, like, it was very, it was, like, amazing. And everyone remember to follow Star Trek Unlimited and check out our website. We're Star Trek Unlimited or Trek Unlimited, like, every every social media, including Mastodon. Find us. I'm on there. Frage is on there. It's the best. Yes, I decided to do the responsible adult thing and, and, and be a little bit more financially conscious because we were coming into a phase where we were spending a lot of money. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, I immediately regretted it and always will. Um, and then I know that we had discussed wanting to do a con show uh, right after that. It's like, oh, let's do a show. You can do a, you know, the, con the Chicago recap. But then you got busy with, uh, with moving. Yeah, so then I moved um, just from my... So I've been living in, like, a one-bedroom apartment. I moved to, like, a single-family house with two of my friends, which um, it's very nice to live in a house and not an apartment. Um, and then I I think the first week that we were... And I, we, we had, like, a month overlap on the leases, which was great, so I took my time moving. But then the first week that I was actually in the house, I left to visit... Um, my friend in San Francisco, because she was just graduating um, from school. She did a combo bachelor's, master's degree, and me and one of our other friends had never visited her out there before, so we went out there before she graduated. And you did some Star Trek-related geeky stuff while you were there. Yeah, we definitely went <laughs> down um, by the water and like took pictures where Kirk and Spock walk in Star Trek Four. Um, not like a ton of stuff, but we were, you know, it's right, the Golden Gate's right there, so we found like the exact spot, and we were walking down there and taking pictures and stuff. I don't know if, if I even, if I've posted them at all. Um, so everyone follow Star Trek Unlimited, because I have a backlog of content <laughs> to post. <laughs> Things were ramping up uh, around this time, because this was when then your mom and I started talking about the possibility of selling our house and doing some pretty uh, drastic uh, changes um, but then you were also staying busy because then you had another con yeah I mean at the beginning of this year was like prep for one thing and then two three weeks and then another trip and then two three weeks and another trip so yeah I was prepping for I do um, some vol now volunteer work I have done um, like paid work paid social media work for them in the past and stuff like that for an organization um, called uh, international thriller writers and they're super super cool it's kind of all in the name um but <laughs> yep. what's not in the name is that every single person that i've met through this organization like working with them um has each been the nicest person i've ever met in my life it's like an amazing team of people um and so i was lucky enough to go out there to help them run they do a conference 
every year in New York called Thriller Fest, where they give out awards. Um, and yeah, to... and that's that's a conference in that it's not fans going to a convention. It's mostly the writers themselves that are getting together. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And like, and uh, new authors, you know, like they have tons of stuff where you can practice pitching your novel and to real agents. So a lot of people that you meet there, they'll have gotten their first book deal from an agent they pitched to at Thriller Fest who like thought it was a good idea. Um, they give it awards for uh, debut authors and awards for authors that have, you know, already had books out. And well, didn't Jess Lurie win? Something yeah, this she year. did. Yeah, yeah. Jess Lurie is a fellow Minnesotan, and uh, I've been in. Uh, I guess it was just one. I was in an anthology with her, a mystery anthology that we both had stories in. So I've known her for many years, and so it was great to see her get an award. Yeah, and it was the same thing of like I met so many people. I was doing social media work mostly while I was there, not entirely because they do have. I I had been doing paid social media work for them. And then it sort of was too busy and had to stop. And so they have somebody else now. His name is Nick. He's he's great. I think he is still in school. I think he's a junior now. I don't think he's graduated yet. But um, so he's, uh, you know, getting a d degree in marketing, I believe. Some kind of marketing is his major. So he does that. So I was working with him and I was working with just the normal, like, uh, you know, convention stuff almost of, like, changing out name tags in the panel rooms and stuff like that, which is funny because people there you know it was my first year and everybody else there has been doing this for like 10 plus years and so <laughs> I remember one time one of the volunteers I was like because I, I was staff technically I wasn't I, I was you know I got like a per diem and all that kind of stuff but um uh one of the volunteers couldn't find the person who was supposed to hold up like the time the cue card for the you know five minutes till the end of the panel like it's done <laughs> and I was like I can do that and he was like are you sure do you know what to do do you know and I was like yeah, I've got this on, like, don't worry. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get them out of the room. Don't worry. I know what we're doing here. You guys, you've been going to conventions since you were 12. Yeah. So you know how it goes. even the familiar space. Yeah. Even in more of a, I did have, I was very, I was like, we got to have some business outfits. Like, yeah. I was ready to, to, yeah, to serve in that department. You but... can't just put on your, you know, goofy Star Trek t-shirt. No. You have to, you know, look yeah. like staff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a fun, everyone's so nice. Um... Everyone's like obviously a huge reader there, and yeah. yeah, just a good experience. Also, my first time in New York, um, which most of the time I was working, but the last day we had some free time, and I went and I went. Um, I'm a vegetarian, but we went to this vegan sushi restaurant, and it like blew, blew my little mind. It's something <laughs> like a cuisine I've never had before, and I thought it was nice. pretty. Yeah, it was just it was amazing. You had a special visitor. COVID did catch me in New York, um, which. Uh, which was worth it. And as far as I can tell, I didn't get anyone. I got sick, but I didn't get anyone else sick. My roommates weren't sick. Um, I think most, I think even one of the other staff members, a couple of them didn't get sick, but um, you know, it's you're in close quarters and you're eating and your mask is off and all that kind of stuff. And every trip I took this year, I was like, I knew that it was a risk and I came home and quarantined right away in my bedroom before I even, I was, I hadn't gotten I, my test back yet, but yeah, my roommates didn't get sick, so that was the real win. But I was fine. I had I had a bit of a fever, but it it broke after a few days, and I was I mostly slept the whole time. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, I've alluded to this a couple times already in the show, but yet we, my wife and I, 
decided to uh, make some plans for the next, you know, several years of our life. Uh, my wife looking forward to retiring since she has a career that she can retire from as opposed to myself as a freelance writer and editor. I'll just be working, 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 working. And uh, You would go crazy if you stopped working, though. Yeah, I love what I do. So uh, we decided to sell our house, buy a condo, and then do remodeling at my mom's house in the country where we spend more and more and more time. And part of that remodel was me getting a really nice detached office where we are recording this right now. Uh, but it was, oh, what a process. I mean, anyone who's sold a house knows that it can be a crazy thing. You got to sell the house, then you're buying something, and then you're moving something. But in this case, we were moving from the house we sold to two separate locations, the condo and the country house, the country house being 150 miles away. And so the process of all the moving and then the remodeling with the contractors and building the office and building a sunroom onto the house, I was just... You know, and, and I was working full time throughout this entire process. And so the whole summer into the fall was just madness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was like the Star Trek collection had been in boxes in my mom's basement for like four months until the office was built. And then I was finally able to rebuild the famous Star Trek wall in my office. I'll have to post some pictures on Generations Geek uh, social media. And uh, But now things are kind of settling down, and that's one thing that kind of helped us try to get this uh, last-minute uh, podcast out because we're both uh, up here at my mom's for the holidays, and we have a nice private office to sit in and record. And um, so that... I guess into June was when we were doing some of the moving and uh, and then we closed on the house in the early July and then right at like the week after we cl actually closed on the house then because um, you know we were able to move up to my mom's before we sold the house I mean there was some overlap you know so that we could um, get things moving and not have to do everything at once and then shortly after that, then it was uh, Shore Leave, which we both attended. Yeah. I was there as a writer guest, and um, and that was fun, as always, seeing the gang. I hadn't seen the gang in quite a while because there hadn't been a Shore Leave in person for a couple of years. We did some online stuff for the cons over those years, but this was the first time being back, and... Uh, you know, most people were wearing masks as much as uh, was feasible. Obviously, at a con, you're doing a lot of talking and stuff. And, you know, I'd be on panels. And so you'd take your mask off. But um, uh, everything went well for us. And um, it was a blast. And we had a fabulous adventure <laughs> with John Billingsley, who um, played flocks on Enterprise and who uh, was in the bar one night, and uh, he was actually physically at the bar uh, 
He was sitting at the bar, having a little bite to eat. And I was at a table with a bunch of our, our regular crew, and I was trying to get up the nerve to go tell Billingsley a story. Because the weird thing was, is that earlier in the day, I had come into the bar, and as I entered the bar, I heard a guy behind me say, not Billingsley, or something like that. And I thought it was such a strange thing to say that I turned around and looked, and the guy was looking right at me, as if he had mistaken me for Billingsley, and then said, no, you know, not Billingsley. I don't know if that is what happened, but that's what it seemed like. And then I did notice that I was wearing a short sleeve blue shirt, and Billingsley was wearing a short sleeve blue shirt, and we're both, you know, older, you know, we're older white guys with, you know, much less hair than we used to have. We both wear glasses. But, I mean, really quite superficial, but it seemed like that's what had happened. So I was trying to get up the nerve to go up and tell that story to Billingsley at the bar, and I was chickening out. And then Billingsley got up from the bar, turned around, and when he turned around, he happened to be facing right at me. So I gave him a little, a little wave and a smile. And he just made a beeline over to our table, said, Hi, I'm John Billingsley, joined us at our table, and then spent pretty much until closing yeah, the, the majority night. of the time with us. He would drift away occasionally. He was spreading the love around that the Star guy Trek is fans. Really cool, yeah. But then he would migrate back to our table and he was hilarious. He was so funny. He was like filming TikToks with me. He was like yeah. singing like just that guy is so funny he and he was so nice yeah and he was making especially earlier in the evening when it was a, a little bit more of a manageable amount of people he was like getting everyone's name and trying to remember their name and mm -hmm. what they did it was funny because of course our, our gang is the star trek writers <laughs> and so whenever someone new would come and sit down with us he'd say and who are you and what do you do and you know then they'd say a writer and he's like oh another writer and uh I mean, it was just a great, great evening. And, uh, well, when he first came over and joined us, I told him the story about that it seemed as though I had been mistaken for him. And we laughed at that, thinking that it really wasn't all that plausible. But, you know, that's what had happened. And um, so he was with us till closing down the bar. And the next morning, I wanted to give him a copy of one of my books and um, so I, I had a I had a book on me in case I saw him and I saw him going into breakfast and so I was able to run up to him and and uh, say hey I, you know I want to give you a copy of that book I was telling you about last night and uh, he was he was looking a little ragged I'll just come right out and say it Billingsley if you're listening to this podcast I think you remember that you were feeling a little ragged that morning at breakfast time and. I might, I might, my friends and I say busted. We say I'm feeling a little busted. This he was, morning. he was feeling a little busted, and he, uh, I, you know, I was wondering. Slight hangover. I was wondering, is he going to remember me? Is he going to, is he going to remember the conversation? You know, uh, how busted is he? And uh, when I went up to him, he said uh, something to the effect of, "Since you're my body double, uh, I, I wish you could have taken my uh, 
first panel this morning because you look less hungover than uh, than I am. <laughs> uh, but I got to give him a copy of my book, you know, and that was that was fun. Uh, my friend and client Chris Abbott, who writes fabulous uh, Sherlock Holmes novellas that I uh, edit. Um, he was able to give uh, Billingsley a couple of his books. It turned out that Billingsley is a huge uh, Sherlock Holmes fan. You know, so we were able to discuss, you know, the canon, discuss uh, particular stories that were favorites. And I mean, it's just he, he was just a fabulous guest at the table all night long. Yeah, he was so nice. I like I don't even know what to say about it. He was just such a personable dude. Yeah. Like he was so cool to it's it's it was so nice for him to hang out with us for so long and hang out. And I kept thinking that he was going to sort of make his way out and sneak out and he was just like in. He was just having a good time. He was in for the night. Oh with yeah, us. you went fun. running after him when you thought he was leaving once. Cuz I want yeah, cuz I wanted to be like can we do like a quick video yeah. for yeah, for Star Trek Unlimited. Which he did, but then he was like, "Oh, but I'll be I'll be back." Yeah, he said I'll be back and then he was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm he sure lots so of funny. other fun things happened at the con, but my memories of Billingsley just kind of wash it all out because yeah, that I mean, was such a... Yeah, that was so fun. I think also, I think a lot of it was just like catching up with people and just like goofing yeah. off. <sighs> okay, I had to sigh with sadness because one of the things that we did was had a little sort of memorial service for our dear departed friend, Dave Gallanter, um, who had passed away near the beginning of the epidemic. Um uh, from cancer, and uh, so this was the first time that we were all together since uh, losing him, and so we, a uh, bunch of us got together, and you know, there were tears, but there was laughter, because we told funny stories about Dave, mm -hmm. and it was, um, I, I'm, uh, I'm gonna choke up a little bit here, but it was, it was just nice to be together with those people, and, and remember Dave, who was just such a, a fabulous friend. That you you did back to back stuff then because right after shore leave you pr went practically straight to San Diego. Yeah, I flew home, spent one night at home, did my laundry, slept in my bed, and then left my you know called an Uber at seven in the morning or whatever it was to go straight back to the airport to fly um, to San Diego to work at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Um, which was a, just a lucky turn of events, um, through basically through, through people that I met in Chicago. But, um, so I was working for a company called Toink and they, they have their own booze at conventions any larger convention that you go, anything, anything that's not a local convention, I would pretty much bet you money that Toink has a booth there. Like they're huge. They do tons of this stuff, tons of trade shows. And they, they also run, help run booths for other people. And so um, this year it happened that uh, Disney Plus was having a booth, had their own booth at Comic-Con for the first time. And so I was working um, at the Disney booth for Toink. It was, it was quite, quite the week, quite the experience. Um, obviously, I've never, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con as a fan. Um, I never thought that I would go as a fan. It's just such a giant, overwhelming deal at yeah. this point. And then it's like you're waiting in those lines and everything. And so I never thought that I would go. Um, but I'm, I feel very lucky to have experienced it. It was, it was really, I mean, crazy. Um, 
I think I was glad that it was towards the end. Well, the last convention that I worked, I guess, or did any work at um, this year, because I think after COVID, I think after the first few conventions, I was a little desensitized to being back around that many people again. So I really didn't have any like nerves or anything like that, besides like really wanting to do like a good job at work. Um, but yeah, it was massive. Um, it was so much fun. It was really hard. Um, I, w- I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was really hard. Because um, you're just working, 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 just like Yeah, and I mean, there, like, people, and, like, especially for Comic-Con, people get in, like, two, three hours before the hall opens to, like, make sure those booths are okay, especially the bigger booths. So I would be in the San Diego, like, I'd be on the floor at Comic-Con from, like, literally 6.30 until 7.30. Um, and the last day we were there closing past 2 a.m. Um, so it was really hard work. Um, I'm really, really glad I did it, but it was very hard. Um, and, but again, the same thing of like meeting a a ton of cool people, not quite as much last time because I was working, this really was like, I was working the whole time. I wasn't really schmoozing. Um, had the thing where on the last day we had time, somebody who was local um, sort of took us, did the thing where, like, you know, he took us around, and so we rode, like, California has that thing that Minnesota doesn't have where there's, like, there'll be, like, roller coasters by the water and stuff, and so we rode, like, a couple of rides the last day and, like, had, like, a good meal and everything, and it was just, yeah, it was it was crazy fun. So I was working, like, all day, every day, um, and then, and then... I had a roommate, and she was super cool, a roommate, like, in my hotel, and she was super cool, thank thank God, but so we'd go back, and we'd be like, oh my God, that was crazy, and we weren't working at the same booth, so we would, like, vent, and <laughs> drink, like, a White Claw, and then asleep <laughs> until 5 a.m., like, just crazy, but I also want to shout out, because I didn't get to see very many people, I got to see Frage, thank goodness Frage was there, but um, Thomas Maroney made a point of coming down to like sort of visit me if people don't know him he's the art director for star trek online and he this year has had a couple of his ships make it into shows so they're like canon you know in the show which is awesome but he's and we met him at shore leave yeah that was my i met him for the first time in chicago oh i forgot yeah Yeah. he was in chicago and then i met him for the first time at shore leave Mm -hmm. and then as you were saying he came to uh See you at yeah. the Comic-Con. Well, and so, and I hate um, to introduce people like this, but here's the, the connection uh, to what happened. Um, the Paper Girl show came out, um, which is a comic, one of the very few comics that I've read, and so I was talking about it with Thomas, and it turned out that um, his girlfriend, Katrina, who's um, O-Katrina, O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A, on Twitter, was doing, uh, like, some media, digital media marketing, um, for Paper Girls, so she was going to be at Comic-Con as well, and I say I hate to introduce people like this, because I hate to say, like, you know, it's her identity is not Thomas Maroney's girlfriend, but that's <laughs> yeah. how I yeah. how yeah. I met her. Um, and so both uh, Thomas and Katrina came out of the Disney booth and brought me, like, a bag of, like, Paper Girls, like, a, a bag, like, a Paper Girls bag and a Paper Girls t-shirt and, like, pins and, like, everything, and I was, like, totally nerding out and didn't have a ton of time to talk to them, but they, they're they both so nice, it was so cool. I forgot cool. about that. The next yeah. time I'm at your house, you gotta show me all the Paper Girls yeah. merch, because you told me about it, but yeah. I don't think I've seen any of it. Um, 
which was like so nice. And I was so shocked, you know, he was like, Oh, come down and like get you some swag. Um, and I thought that he was going to bring me like a, a pin. I would have been like literally yeah. beyond excited for like one pin. And he brought me like two, well, they both, the two pins, the bag, the whole, like just, um, so cool. Uh, they're both so nice. And Katrina, I know does more, um, like acting and writing and hosting, um, things she's very active on twitter and instagram and stuff like that so people should follow her and obviously follow thomas but um yeah that was so nice and also because i didn't know a ton of people at comic-con or like people who i did know like there's just literally no time to see i had like well and i i was working and um i wanted to do a very good job and obviously it's it's you know disney has a disney has an image um and so i was doing my just my very best to like especially I wanted to be, and it was like the Montessori schooling was coming out where like I would go on these camping trips as like a, you know, as like a teen, as an adolescent, they would say in Montessori. Um, (laughs) And we would be on our best behavior and like trying to make a really good impression on like everyone that we met because it's like a huge group of eighth graders, but we're all on our best behavior. And so I just felt like I need to be on my best behavior. And so (laughs) even if people would have stopped by, I would have, you know, been very hesitant to talk for very long. Um... I, anyways, I was trying to, I was just like, I can't remember my best job. I was like, the mouse is watching. The mouse (laughs) is watching. I have to do my best. That week is like a blur. And then it would have been like, and then, so you get like an hour lunch break every day, but then it's like, I was, you're dying. So I'm, I, you're just praying for a spot on the floor. There's no chairs ever. All the other nerds are in the chairs (laughs) and you're praying for a spot on the floor. And that like the fire marshal is going to tell you to move. And I'm just, like, eating my little apple, and I'm like, oh, there's, like, You're Hello Kitty f- Kylo Ren, you know? Yeah. Just crazy stuff. You're trying to find vegetarian food at a con, and... Well, yeah, and then it's like, you're, I'm packing food, so I'm packing, like, I'm packing, like, granola bars, I'm packing apple, like, it was, um, it was crazy. Um, but, uh, I will say, so, and again, the company I work for, you get an hour lunch break every day, but then, um... One of the days of the convention, everybody at some point gets a three-hour break so you can try and do something or, like, enjoy the convention mm-hmm. floor. And I, um, because I knew I didn't want to wait in line and do, like, one thing, um, I was like, I need to relax and I need to eat a vegetable. <laughs> so I, I actually left the convention center and just, like, walked for a while and I think I was on my, I think this was on my way to where I ended up eating. Um, but I'm like walking and it's, it's called um, like the gas lamp district, I mm-hmm. think, um, right across from Comic-Con. So it's really cute. So I'm just walking and I look up and it's like, and it's, and I look up and it's Dominic Monaghan is like right in front of me. Um, and I was a little like, in my head, I was like, I know that person. Like, you know, when you see an actor and you're like, I've been watching that movie. Like I've watched the movie so much, like those movies and so much ever since I was a kid. And, um, so I, I try usually to like mind my own business. If I (laughs) recognize like a celebrity somewhere, especially if I like haven't like paid for a photo op or something, I've, I'm always a little nervous to like be like, Hey, hi, how are you? But because I was just so surprised and we were on the same side of the street, he looked up. We were walking opposite directions. He looked up and he kind of caught me and I just like smiled um, and waved at him and thought that that was going to be it. And he smiled back and waved and he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I'm doing good. How are you doing? He was like, really good. And like, and then we kept going. 
Um, yeah, he's great with the fans. He was so nice. Especially he and Billy it's like, Boyd are, are yeah. really active. And, you know, they, well, and he was yeah. walking like with somebody who I'm sure was like, you know, his agent or his manager or yeah. somebody, you know, I'm sure that he was on his way to a panel. Um, but so that was really fun. So the only other sort of like celebrity encounter or whatever you want to call it that I had is um, Leilani Shu. I'm I think I'm saying that right. Leilani Shu. She was at our booth for a little bit and um, asked one of the there were some younger volunteers sort of managing our line. And he took over, like, our menu, you know, of products to her. And apparently she asked him, like, do you have any Jawa, you know, merchandise? And he was like, no. But, you know, it's the Disney Plus booth, so we had Star Wars stuff, but just not yeah. specifically anything with Jawa on it. So she leaves. And I go over to the kid, and I'm like, do you know who that was? And he's like, no, she just asked me this, and she asked me if we had any Jawa stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's because she plays a Jawa or multiple Jawas, I'm not sure. <laughs> In Star Wars, dude. And he was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, um, I mean, yeah, just the craziest weekend. One of the days of the con, I was on the floor, um, you know, s- selling. And it was like, I just remember it was as if it was like a bit out of a sitcom. Because I turned and suddenly there was like a woman in a suit in front of me. <laughs> with a little, and I, don't worry, because I did not miss this. A woman in a suit, little Disney logo pin on the lapel. And I was like, huh. Um... <laughs> And she was like, hi, you know, and I don't remember her name, but she introduced herself, introduced herself and said that she works with Disney security, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, she gave me this whole thing. She was like, we wanted to thank all of you guys for working so hard. Our first ever booth at Comic-Con. And like, I, you know, I don't have a lot for you, but I do have like this. And she took out this little pin and she was like, this pin is the one that we gave out to like my her my people her people who worked security specifically the people who worked security at the red carpet premiere of Miss Marvel <laughs> um and gave that to me and i was like i don't know a lot about um the disney culture uh, as it were but i do know that people trade pins and i was like honestly a little terrified because i was like if how much is this worth because you know what is going on um obviously i would never sell something like that because it's like yeah, that's, that's a special a great, memory yeah um but uh i mean it's like she gave each of us the pin and it's worth you know like a few hundred dollars which like is nice you know it's like a bit the pins are a bit for disney i thought it was really nice of her to come through and thank us yeah sort of personally one by one and give us like a little present like i thought that was super super sweet um so yeah overall overall good but i was like it was funny because i was making jokes about you know the mouse is watching and then i turned i'm like oh god (laughs) disney pin on the lapel um but no uh fantastic experience uh would do it again um yeah, crazy. It's crazy, yeah. crazy. San Diego Comic. San Diego Comic. It's yeah. San Diego Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con. I'm it's working. I'm working the booth, and I can hear them screaming in Hall H. You know what I mean? It felt like a, a like it felt like fake. You know? Yeah. Like when I was like a little like 13, I'd like watch it, be like, oh my god, the Walking Dead panel at Comic Con. Like someday <laughs> I'm gonna be there. Um, but yeah, just yeah, crazy. So that was the end of your professional cons but you squeezed in one more con as a fan i did although i don't know if i'd really call it i didn't really go i went to one panel 
and then it turned into a little bit of an evening. So I was in the convention center at the Twin Cities Convention Center for or the Minneapolis Convention Center for a very long time. Um, but yeah, I heard that uh, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin were gonna be at a local at uh, Twin Cities Con, and I was like, I've never. It's one of those things like. Like, the first time I met Nichelle Nichols was super last minute because she was going to... I all of a sudden realized she was going to be in Minneapolis. And I was like, I've got to go meet Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky. I've met a couple of actors who were in Lord of the Rings, but I've never met, like, you know, one of the stars. I I, I've, I met John Reese davies um, and he was, like, the nicest grandpa you'll ever meet. Talked to me about my history major. I was still in school when I met him. Talked to me for ages. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like... It's time to get the big ticket autograph. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I went and I met up with our friends from Keep on Tolkien. And we saw their panel. They did just like a little panel. Somebody was interviewing them. Just Elijah and Sean. Uh, super funny. The At the beginning, the, the mayor of Minneapolis was there, who is not a very popular man. If you're not from Minneapolis, you wouldn't know. Not a very popular man. Um... And I will say that he, he was, I appreciated a bit, he was doing a bit. He was dressed as a hobbit. He declared the day <laughs> like hobbit day or something in Minneapolis. Just that day, though. Not every day, henceforth, just that one day. Um, but so I appreciate the bit. However, not a very popular man. Um, and so there was one point where it was like the booze were starting. <laughs> And he went, give it up for Elijah and Sean, everybody. And then the crowd was like, yeah. Um, but poor, like, Sean, uh, especially, he's because he's so nice and so personable. He was like, where are you going? You're not going to stay up here on the stage with us? And the mayor was like, oh, no, no, no. That's, like, he made a, he he made a it was time to quick go. exit. Um, which, I, I got to give it to him there. I got to give it to him there because he knew. He, he, he saw which way the winds were blowing. Yeah. And uh, I think that... Our buddies over at the Keep On Talking podcast may have posted some video of that. If you go to yeah, their, definitely because we were both their yeah. Facebook page or something. And yeah, we have to give a little shout out uh, to Danny and Joel at Keep On Talking. If you love Middle Earth and you love swearing, you need to listen to Keep On Talking because they do both at the same time. I think something they pull off really well is that it feels like very quickly into listening to that podcast, it feels like you're hanging out with your friends and your friends are talking to you. So anyway, that's our little uh, commercial for them in the yeah. middle of our podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, and I hung out with them but then almost you got, all day. you got to meet the Hobbits. Yeah, I mean, I got autographs. It turned into a bit of a thing. Um, but I will say I was in line for a total of, what was it, like five hours? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, you were texting me from the line. Or like three, like I was, like I was in line for a long, long time um, and the convention staff were doing everything they could. Like, it was just one of those things where you've got these big stars and you're doing the photo ops and it's like, co- you know, since COVID they have the plastic wall. So I'm sure there was a lot going on over there where it's like, I don't know if this is Twin Cities Con, if it was their first time back in person or whatever. Um, but the staff, I just was, the staff was doing a, a very good job. Like, I, I don't think it was there. I don't think it could have really been predicted, like, the whole line situation. I think it could have been prevented. But what are you going to do? Um, yeah. The staff that w- were near us were, like, super, super nice and, like, really, like, I would ask them, like, weird, specific questions. And they were, like, very nice to me because I was very <laughs> nervous 
when something starts going wrong and it's like, okay, well now I've, like, I'm ready. I want the autograph. What if I miss it? You know, what do I do? And I was there alone. So it's like, cause at that point I'd split off from Danny and Joel. Um, anyways, um, I, I was also on the phone with my best friend for almost the entire time. So it was like a three hour phone call at least, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And I think you texted me and were like, guess how long I've been in line. <laughs> yeah. It took, I mean, I was there. Yikes. I think I got in line around two thirty or three and it must've been three hours in line because, and that, cause I was leaving the convention center, I think after five o'clock. So I think I was in line for three hours, which, um, is the longest I've ever been in line for anything, um, in my life. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, you're there. I'm like, I'm getting it. I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. getting the autographs. Well, that was really the, the sole reason you went. Yeah was to get those autographs because you had to decide what you were going to get signed. You were texting with me on that too. We were like, you know, what yeah, would be the best thing to get Yeah, that was hard. That was a really hard and decision. You made a great uh, decision. Yeah, the insert to my copy of the extended edition of the fellowship. So it just says the fellowship of the ring and now I have it signed by Elijah and Sean. Um so god, it was just so funny. What ended up happening is the people Elijah came back first, but I was in Sean's line. And he started whipping through autographs. And so me and the two ladies behind me, we were like, here's what we'll do. We'll each go one at a time to get Elijah's <laughs> autograph and we'll save your spot. We'll all come back. Brilliant. Thank you. So that's what we did. Takes a village. Um, one of the women behind me also had a fan and she was like blowing the fan <laughs> around. Nice. Um, whole thing. But uh, yeah, so Elijah's super, super nice. Um, I think in my experience in going to conventions and getting autographs, the person I've seen take the most time uh, to the point where the line is like ridiculously long, but you know that you're going to spend several minutes talking to him is Jared Padalecki. <laughs> and I was about to be like the nicest man that I've ever met is Jared Padalecki. But I know, you know, our man, he loses his temper on Twitter. And I know that. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I had a supernatural phase. Believe me. I know. I know that he loses his temper on Twitter. He has boomer energy on Twitter. And let's get that out of the way. But he is... <laughs> He has Karen energy even on the Twitter, um, but he is so nice and caring. And I was like, I met Jared Padalecki. I was like 14, crying, full tears, sobbing. That man's holding my hands. It's like someone's died. He's holding my hands and I'm crying. So talk to me and my best friend for so long. Anyways, I think Sean Astin has him beat. Sean Astin was spending yeah. upwards of five minutes like maybe even pushing 10 minutes with every single person in his line to the point where there was such a long line for Sean. Elijah was done. He was gone. A convention, <laughs> like somebody from staff came and was like, you need to hurry. These people have been in line for three hours. You need to hurry up, which is what I thought would happen because there was a stupid long line and it's like, they've already been in line for hours, you know, maybe yeah. the people at the end have been in line for one hour or whatever, but like, so, and he came out and like, just in this booming voice was like, I have to start going faster. I can't talk to you. I'm so sorry. Like, and clearly felt very badly that he couldn't talk to yeah. us for longer. He's the, like the nicest dad in the world to everyone he meets. Yeah. And that's, and he's been, he, he was born a dad because it's like, Literally. If you li yeah. If you listen to interviews with Elijah and Dom and, and Billy they talk about how much he was he like been, a dad yeah. to them <laughs> while yeah. they were filming Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, super and nice guy. Just wants to take care of everyone. Such a, yeah, I think during the, there was like a question bit during his panel. 
and I don't remember what, um, and this is like important the way he phrased it. So just take this with a grain of salt, but it was like somebody in a wheelchair was asking a question and he said, he said something like, hang on, do you have a, what was it? It was just a very funny, a very like friendly dad boomer way of being like, you know, do you, is there, are you in a wheelchair? You know, which is like, she's in the wheelchair down there, but he was like, are you, but it was uh, something akin to like differently abled, you know, it was something mm-hmm. very just like nice, but like a little bit like, why do you say that like that? Like it makes you laugh. Um, I think he was like, you know, do you have a, do you have a mobility difficulty or something? And he was mm-hmm. like, okay, I gotta get down there. And then he like ran around down the ramp and Elijah like watched him do it, watched him run past and then stood up and just walked forward and took the one step down off the stage and got there and hugged her before Sean got there. I hope there's video of that somewhere because that must have been I'm hilarious. sure it was like so funny. And also just like the dad energy mm-hmm. off of that man. Like it's, it's reminds me of like, you know, like people, who are at pride with those signs that are like you know free dad hugs free <laughs> accepting dad hugs it's like yeah. I, that's him so sweet um and yeah he was very very sweet to me i think he said he was like uh, he signed and i was like thank you so much it's nice to meet you and he was like fast and fun right and i was like <laughs> yes and then i left and i was gonna turn around and say like thank you to those women but i was gone i don't think i'd eaten breakfast i was like really i was on the verge i was like sprinting out of the convention center yeah. i had made some rookie mistakes because I've never been online for three hours. Anyways, stunning. They're both so nice. They are both, when I met them, I was like, this is awesome because I never meet people shorter than me. I think they're both 5'4 or whatever. <laughs> and if Sean was a little taller, maybe Sean's my height. Nope, looked it up. They're both taller than me. So, you know, <laughs> a common L for me, but that's okay. Um, yeah, great guys. Yeah, so uh, that, that brings us to the end of the uh, convention uh, adventures for the year. Um you had a lot more than I did, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention, do some shameless self-promotion here as, as we uh, sort of start wrapping things up, because uh, during all the madness of the selling and the buying and the moving and the building and the uh, putting up shelves and stuff in my office, I also was working full-time, uh, meaning doing my freelance copy editing stuff on all sorts of things, Star Trek novels, Star Trek adventure stuff. But I was also trying to work in some writing time of my own projects, and uh, I was successful at that. Um, so my buddy Bill Eisner and I, I mentioned this earlier, that I had given a copy of a book to Billingsley. It was the um, two short novels together called The Big Dark and Meet John Doe that I did with my buddy Bill Leisner. And then I write short stories for this anthology series called Castle of Horror. uh, And they have a theme for each um, anthology. And earlier in the year, they had the theme was like love was the theme. And I had been working on a short story Uh, idea that was in the same uh, timeline, same universe as the book I did with Bill Eisner. And I'd been having a little bit of trouble getting it to come together. And then when I heard of this theme of Love Gone Wrong was actually the full name of the theme, I was like, wow, that is what this story is about. And so it gave me the inspiration to find the way to make the story come together and so I wrote that story uh, set in the 50s and 
that story was called The Loneliness of Monsters in Castle of Horror 7. And that came out back in April. And then uh, a month or so ago, I got an email from the editors at Castle of Horror, and they were putting out very quickly, they were doing the ninth anthology with a theme of young adult, um, which is out now, Castle of Horror 9, young adult. And I wanted to pitch a story for that, and I ended up pitching uh, another story set in the same um, Tales of the Weird World War series, uh, and this story is called The Creature in J. Cook Park, also set in the 1950s. Both of those stories now uh, are set in and around the small town uh, where I grew up and where I now spend a lot of time working in my brand new office. And so it was really fun uh, to have a couple of things get out there over the year. Um, and I was able to take castle of horror 7 along with some of my previous sales to the castle of horror anthology in number four and five out to shore leave because when i go to shore leave i'm a writer guest and i had a bunch of uh new books to uh, bring to shore leave because over the last few years i've gotten a bunch of um, short stories published in anthologies and so that wrapped up my year finishing that story and getting it off to the editor just in the nick of time and I also was able to send in another story for an open call anthology called Come October with autumnal horror theme stories called, uh, my story is called The Final Ritual of Thomas Howman. Now that's just a submission. It may or may not actually make it into the anthology, but uh, it was fun to, uh, to uh, get another story written and, and out there. And I'm now going to return to uh, working on some another story in the Tales of the Weird World War series. So that really wraps up our very, very busy year during which yeah. we often spoke about recording for the podcast and never got around to it. And in fact, uh, I could have sworn that we had done a few episodes earlier in the year and then when I looked it up, it's like, no, it turned out that we did those at the end of last year and we'd gone an entire year without releasing an episode. So it's uh, fun to be back. We'll have to get together more often, get bring in some guests and get some more shows in the can <laughs> in 2023. Do you have any last uh, words of wisdom for uh, wrapping up the show? Huh? No, I mean, if I've learned anything this year and the cold open, I think revealed this but i just keep expecting crazy things to stop happening to me <laughs> and they continue to so and i'm fine they've been uh, i've had out an outrageous amount of good things happen to me this year that's fantastic um and but also an outrageous number of like just weird like huh 20 you already ordered the 20 bottles of prosecco you ordered my <laughs> dress huh um so I guess I am, I'm entering my final form, which maybe is trophy wife. Um, <laughs> uh, cause I, you know, well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the dress will fit. Maybe, maybe I'll eat my words. I don't think so, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. So my, uh, my roommate, if you're listening, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. All right.
right. Uh, well, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, have a happy new year, all that sort of stuff. And we hope to be back uh, more soon next year. That is all the time we have for this episode. Tune in next time for more geeky fun. Until then, check out generationsgeek.com or visit us on Ko-fi, where I'm posting geeky book reviews from my archives. They're free to read, but there is a tip jar. I'm just saying. Please subscribe to the show and give us fabulous reviews. If we're not on your favorite podcasting app, let us know and we'll add it to our feed. You can follow us on Macedon, Twitter, Instagram, and even Facebook. We might even post something once in a while. Thanks for listening and come Come back back next time. time. And I got interviewed by the news. I was on the news. (laughs) It's crazy. No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast. Ooh, shiny.